Hello and welcome to The Poetry of Science, a podcast which provides insight into new scientific research via the medium of poetry. I'm your host, Dr. Sam Lingworth, and each week I'll be introducing you to some of the latest scientific findings and sharing a selection of science themes poetry. This episode explores a new study which looks at distress tolerance and how it is related to curiosity in the workplace and beyond. Creating environments in which cookie-cutting is placed on precarious pedestals as the peak of workplace productivity, whilst new moulds are shattered into a million pieces before they can travel from neural pathways to production lines, is an extremely effective approach to promoting intolerance, frustration and stagnation in the workplace. The following behaviours will not be tolerated. Tolerance of variation, tolerance of adaptation, tolerance of innovation, tolerance of revolution. The following benefits will not be procured. Satisfaction, creativity, curiosity, mental well-being. A failure to innovate lies not with the biological synapses of a misrepresented workforce, but with the decrepitude of an employer who is intolerant to change. This poem is inspired by recent research from Merck, which has been conducted into better understanding the capacity to be able to confront the new in terms of creativity and scientific progress, and how this can be used to help foster curiousness in the workplace environment. Distress tolerance is broadly defined as an individual's ability to cope in difficult situations, And in the workplace, this might be considered to be a trait that enables an employee to be willing to try new approaches or take the calculated risks that are needed for developing new ideas and practices. This new research found that an ability to cope with that distress is crucial to how curious employees are in their workplace and in turn, how successful the overall workplace is at innovating. By surveying over 3,000 employees from various business sectors in Germany, China and the USA, this new study revealed distress tolerance is relatively low among employees across both the different countries and the different sectors that were studied. This research also found that distress tolerance is a trait that can be easily influenced. For example, when a workplace encourages things that are new, unusual and outside of normal experiences and comfort zones, then their employees' distress tolerance naturally increases. However, when employees work in an environment where pursuing new or uncertain ideas is punished or prohibited, then they tend to have a lower distress tolerance. These findings illustrate that distress tolerance is not an attribute that people innately possess, but rather that it is a characteristic that can be fostered and developed in a supportive workplace environment that encourages their workforce to be innovative. There are several tested strategies to increase distress tolerance and encourage curiosity among employees. For example, employers can implement a mentoring scheme as mentorships provide coaching within an organisational setting that encourages perseverance and as a result increases distress tolerance. Through one-to-one professional development and informal learning practices, coaches can also help employees set forth goals and action plans to achieve these goals. 
and research has shown that the strong social support that can be provided by a mentorship program will help to improve the goal fulfillment of employees, as well as professional growth and employee resilience. Another way to encourage development of distress tolerance amongst employees is through mindfulness. Workplace mindfulness strategies for stress management benefit employee mental health and wellness by increasing distress tolerance as well as driving self-learning and innovation. Employees can practice mindfulness by keeping diaries, taking part in breathing space exercises or even by meditating. With the neurobiological changes that occur during meditation, having been found to lead to improvements in mental well-being and in strengthening stress-related coping mechanisms. As a result, many organisations have now begun to employ meditation practices within the workplace. Fostering distress tolerance can be further supported by providing structural support and an environment that rewards curiosity. And the Mercurius Elements feature provides several other examples of how to foster and enhance creativity, both as an individual and across the workplace. By helping to strengthen the distress tolerance of their employees, businesses will ultimately be able to benefit from a workplace that is more resilient and better adapted to accepting change and implementing innovation. This podcast episode has been produced in cooperation with Merck. Merck is known as Merck KGAA Darmstadt, Germany in the United States and Canada. Now that you've heard the research, Let me read the poem to you again. Creating environments in which cookie cutting is placed on precarious pedestals as the peak of workplace productivity, whilst new moulds are shattered into a million pieces before they can travel from neural pathways to production lines, is an extremely effective approach to promoting intolerance, frustration and stagnation in the workplace. The following behaviours will not be tolerated. Tolerance of variation, tolerance of adaptation, tolerance of innovation, tolerance of revolution. The following benefits will not be procured. Satisfaction, creativity, curiosity, mental well-being. A failure to innovate lies not with the biological synapses of a misrepresented workforce, but with the decrepitude of an employer who is intolerant to change. In this section of the podcast, I'd like to share a poem written by another poet on a topic related to the science that has been discussed so far. In this episode, I'll be reading The Door by Miroslav Holub. Miroslav Holub was an award-winning poet and scientist from the Czech Republic. He has written many collections of poetry and also published hundreds of scientific research articles and reports. He grew up in Czechoslovakia and lived under several forced occupations, and yet his poetry is written with humour and hope that he delivers with great precision. In this poem, which is taken from the Blood Axe book anthology of his work Before and After, Holub invites us to be curious by asking us to consider why we wouldn't want to go and open the various doors that line up ahead of us throughout our lives. The Door by Miroslav Holub Go and open the door. Maybe outside there's a tree or a wood, a garden 
or a magic city. Go and open the door, maybe a dog's rummaging, maybe you'll see a face or an eye or the picture of a picture. Go and open the door, if there's a fog it will clear. Go and open the door, even if there's only the darkness ticking, even if there's only the hollow wind, even if nothing is there. Go and open the door, at least there'll be a draft. Thank you for listening to The Poetry of Science. If you want to find out more about the scientific study featured in this episode or read any of the poems in full, then please visit the show notes at scipoetry.podbean.com. That's scipoetry.podbean.com, where you can also find out how to get in touch with any questions or comments you might have. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.